Welcome to Kingdom Life Podcast. We're glad that you're joining us today. We hope that today's message will bring peace to your mind, joy to your heart, and life to your soul. Thanks for listening. We've been going through this series called The Table, and in this we've been sitting here and listening to the reading of the Word, reading it together, and then breaking uh, bread together and discussion and, and, and connection and relationship and, and diving deeper, as Dave said, not just the, hey, how are you? Nice to see you. Plastic fantastic. But hey, what do we get out of this? What, what, what touched your spirit in this? Let's dive a little bit deeper in that. And, and, you know, this word came from, God planted this in my heart um, around January, February this year uh, of doing something like this. And because from the idea of, and I'll tell you, I'll just be straightforward and honest with you. Um, I just had the thought of, you know, for some people, me getting up and reading four or five scriptures in a service is the most scripture that some people get in one week or two weeks, sometimes three or four weeks. Uh, and it's hard to live that way. I'm just being honest with you. It's hard. Imagine if you only ate once a week. It's hard to live that way. You typically um, look a little emaciated and weak. Uh, you pass out, easy to overcome. And so I thought, man, as a, as a leader, as a shepherd, what can I do to help? What can I do to, to, to encourage and to strengthen and to exhort and to, to teach and to train and to equip people so that they're not weak, they're not emaciated, you know, they're not easy to overcome? And this is the idea that the Lord gave me. He so said, just read my word. Because I thought, man, if, if, if five scriptures is all you get for one week or two weeks or three weeks, that's not enough. But what if we could, what if we could read a little bit more and just jump in together? Because the word of God is powerful. I think it's more powerful than some would even imagine and realize. And I'm reminded of when God is moving in a certain way, when he, when he begins to move, there is a fight that is accompanied with that. When God moves, there is a fight accompany with that. Because the enemy will come in and try to rob you of the movement of God. He'll try to remind you of your past. He'll try to remind you of your faults. He'll try to remind you of your failures, of your weakness, of your suffering. And he'll try to take you away from where God is moving. So I want to remind you this morning, don't let him. Don't let him. Because the word of God is too powerful for that. I'm thinking about in Acts chapter 19 and verse 20, it says, so the word of God increased. It continued to increase. It continued to grow. It was more than five scriptures. The word kept growing. It was six, and then it was seven, and then it was eight, and it was nine and 10, and it was more and more and more. That's increase, right? Growth. The word of God continued to increase, and it prevailed mightily. I'm gonna change, I wanna change the expectation of what we're doing for some people this morning. We're not just reading scripture. We are letting the word of God increase and continue to grow within us because when the word of God becomes alive in you, you become alive in the word of God. It brings and breeds life. This is what it does. It's, it's characteristics, it's properties. And if you allow that to take place, then the word of God will increase in you and will prevail mightily. It will prevail over sickness. It will prevail over disease. It will prevail over poverty and shame and condemnation and guilt. It will prevail over all of these things if you will allow it to. 
Ah, Pastor Caleb, you're a little bit strong this morning. You better, I am strong this morning because the word of God is mighty and it prevails and it irritates the fire out of me to watch people fall and stumble because they believe lies of the enemy that would say that they are less than who they are. And if there's one thing in the entire world that gets my fire going, it's when the enemy begins to attack your identity and begins to tell you that you are not what my father has made you to be. The word of God is powerful and it is mighty. So you better expect a fight because the enemy does not like that. Here is the opportunity to stand strong. Here is the opportunity to elevate the word of God over your feelings. Here is the opportunity to say, no, Lord, no, Father, I trust you, my king, not me, my king. This is the reason we're doing this, right here. Get the word of God in you, because it's easy to fall away from your identity if you don't know what it is. It's easy to fall away from these things if you get yourself out and separated from what the word of God says about you, what Jesus says about you. This is why this is so critical and important. We're not reading for reading's sake. We're not reading because we should read. We're reading because the word of God is more powerful than you can even imagine. And when you allow it to dwell in you and continue to grow, then you will grow and you will mightily prevail. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's scripture. (laughs) So since we're at the table, you good? You ready? I want you to see a different side of love today. Because for some, the, the, the identity of love and the perspective of love is a weak, mamby-pamby acceptance, and you couldn't be further from the truth. The side of the fiery passion of God's love is to say, stop and come here. Stop running and come here. Come to me. I love you, and I want to save you from what you're going through. I want to show you a new aspect of me and of my heart. Talk about going after the one no mountain too high. That's a fierce, determined love that I will let nothing stand in my way to get to you. That's the love of our father toward us. And you know, sometimes we got to hear it in a way that wakes us up. So I hope that you're awake this morning. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. So since we're at the table, I want to talk just a little bit about James. I've kind of set the stage for what we're doing a little bit, but I want to talk to you about James and the book that we're going to be reading today. James is like, like I said, since we're at the table, James is like a feast at the table that's there to to strengthen you and to keep you on the right path. Because sometimes it's, it's easy to stray if we're not intentional about our walk. And James is this magnificent feast of flavor. It's, it's basically, if you like Proverbs, it's basically the Proverbs of the New Testament. 
It's a book of sayings. It's, it's, it's not like just, uh, not like what we've written or read over the past two weeks, which were, uh, letters directed to a church specifically. This is like a book of sayings that James, who happened to be the brother of Jesus, uh, so this is a pretty cool and unique perspective. James growing up the brother of Jesus. You know, it said, uh, that it's, and believed that, that James didn't actually come to believe in Jesus until after he died and was resurrected. Can you imagine that? Like, think about that for just a minute. Like, Jesus, you grew up, anybody got any brothers or sisters? A couple of y'all do. Some of y'all don't like to participate. I get it. It's cool. <laughs> James was Jesus' brother, and, and, and if you could imagine that for a minute, that your brother was Jesus, <laughs> how you might feel in that moment like of life. Oh, Jesus went off and turned water into wine again. That's cool. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> the golden child, <laughs> you know, like, oh, we got to stop the caravan because Jesus decided to stay back and preach in the temple. Way to go, Jesus. You know, like you can, you can just imagine having to grow up with this and what a unique perspective James must have had. I would imagine that he was probably a little bit skeptical because it's like, yeah, I saw Jesus. I know what he's like. I, I, I live with him. He does, he's, 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 like, he's like you and me, you know? I put my pants on one leg at a time. <laughs> Some of y'all get that reference. Some of you won't. It's okay. So James carries this unique perspective. Um, and, and, in, and in this writing, he, he's writing to Jews, you know, so this is like the culture that, that he grew up in and, and a little bit, which is a little bit different than what we talked about last week when Paul was writing to the Gentile church, um, in Galatia, but he was addressing some of the Jewish Christians and some of the issues that they had at the time. And so James, his, this is, is written to the Jews who've been kind of dispersed all throughout the land. Um, and so when we read this, what you hear is a, is a flavor, a, a, a significant Jewish flavor, um, talking about the law. He makes, um, he recalls the law and, and because that was something that meant something to them, you know, it, it would be like you and I, like me just trying to make this reference, you know, to a Saturday night live skit that means something to some people, but to others, it doesn't. Right. But to those that it means something to, they get that and they connect with that. Right. So James is doing that in, in his teaching and, or in his writing that he, he calls back to some, some things that these Jewish folks would understand to help them to understand, to get to a greater place so that they would come to a greater understanding, a greater knowledge and revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So are you ready to begin? Okay, let's begin in James. James chapter one. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes in the dispersion. Greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Man, how appropriate is it that we read this this morning? I'm sorry. I have to make a comment. God is so good. He knows what we need. Okay, count it all joy, my brothers and sisters. Anytime you see my brothers, it's my brothers and sisters. When you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave in the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable 
in all of his ways. Let the lowly brother boast in his exultation and the rich in his humiliation. Because like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass. Its flower falls and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers and sisters. Each good gift and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth, by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So good. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, a.k.a. a participator, he is a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away, and once at once he forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. My brothers and sisters, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and a fine clothing comes into your assembly... And a poor man in a shabby clothing also comes in. And if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing, you say, you, sit here in a good place. While you say to the poor man, you, sit over there, sit down at my feet. Have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? but you have dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you into court, are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you are called? If you really fulfill the royal law according to scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, and you are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. 
So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What good is it, brothers and sisters, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or a sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm, be filled, without giving them the things that they need for their body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But if someone will say, I have faith, you have faith, and I have works, show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one and you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers and sisters, for you know that we who teach will be judged with a greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships as well. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, the world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. There's a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, these things ought not be. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, it is unspiritual, and is demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. 
A harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and you quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions, you adulterous people. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scriptures say he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us? But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers and sisters. The one who speaks evil against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, will we will go into such a such town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him, it is a sin. Come now, you rich Weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have corroded and their corrosion will be evidence against you and will eat your flesh like fire. I love these words. (laughs) You have laid up a treasure in the last days. Behold, the wages of the laborers who mowed your field, which you kept back by fraud, are crying out against you. And the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived on the earth in luxury and in self-indulgence. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the righteous person. He does not resist you. Be patient, therefore, brothers and sisters, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruits of the earth being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. But above all, my brothers, do not swear either by heaven or by earth 
or by any other oath. Let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. and Pray for one another. You may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again and heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. My brothers and sisters, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it pierces our hearts. Holy Spirit, open up the eyes of our understanding so we can see as you teach us more about who you are, about your character, about your nature. Give us divine wisdom. We just read that if he who lacks wisdom, let him ask. Father, if we lack wisdom, we're asking for your wisdom. Help us to discern right and good to be able to, to rightly divide your word and to walk in the truth which you provide for us. I thank you that your word continues to ever increase in our hearts, in our lives, and that we prevail mightily as your word prevails. You wear the victor's crown and we stand in your victory. We remind our souls who is in charge, our spirit. We thank you for your righteousness. We thank you for your strength. We thank you for the joy. Lord, I thank you for your people this morning. We're going to be dismissed today. Father, and as we go and as we stay, Lord, may the words that we speak to one another be salty, be refreshing. Lord, may our conversations dive deep into the things of your word. May we be unafraid to be real. Lord, teach us how to commune. Teach us how to be still. May we lay down our lives and our preferences for you and what you want here in this place. We thank you for your kingdom life. We love you. We pray over the food that we're going to eat and we speak blessings over it in the name of Jesus. Amen. This has been another message from Kingdom Life Church. If this podcast ministered to you, Be sure to like, subscribe, and share to help get the message of Jesus around the world. For more information, be sure to visit our website at kingdomlife.live. Thanks for listening, and remember, love God and love people.